Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And as always, I am joined by my co-host. Uh, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Tonight, we are continuing our trek through the films the black horror films of Halloween all throughout October. <laughs> With 1976 JD's Revenge. JD's Revenge. A film that was not my selection, nor was it Vince's no, selection. No, 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 no. It was the selection of our lovely guests this evening. It is Martin. It is Sharon. They are the two-thirds of the great movie podcast, Cinemosity. 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 How you doing? Yeah, welcome, welcome. I'm good. How are you? I'm also well. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Cinemosity, um, who I met a couple years ago at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. And they have returned every season to uh, to the podcast festival to entertain everyone with their delicious thoughts on movies. Uh, since I met them, Cinemosity has grown by a third. They oh, that's have nice. A third co-host, Camille, who is actually in in Florida. Correct. Unfortunately, yes, she's in Florida. So uh... we're trying to push her to come up here. <laughs> now, how did you come about that you? Uh, you here located in the Philadelphia area got a, a co-host in Florida um we we all met through the community for another podcast um, the name of which I prefer not to mention and um sort of, uh oh so and um, it's a secret and, podcast and that, um, we 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 got to talking because we we we, we, we were liked on Google Plus. we were on Google Plus and part of like when Google Plus first started we we thought we'd give it a try mm-hmm. and um, we made a few friends from that and Camille was one of them she, we realized that she liked bad movies as much as we did okay and, uh, I, sh- I should mention at this point that C- cinemosity is part of the nerdy little secret.com podcast network okay uh, okay because because, uh, because as, as well as cinemosity i have a podcast i do with my friend justin who's in new orleans okay it's retro superplex and then i have my indie genre film podcast that came from the indies which is just me all right so um and how did you get together with justin same deal. Same deal. They also talk wrestling and video games. Okay. Oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. All right. So and so so Cinemosity is part of the Nerdy Little Secrets podcast network. Yes, indeed. All right. I like that. So now Cinemosity. So uh, am I to take it, Sharon, that the two of you are huge movie fans? Yes, we are. If you see our DVD collection. And some of our VHS collection. Yes, we are definitely movie fans. With genres from all over. We have Asian, we have black exploitation, we have more recent black movies like Claudine, one of my personal favorites. Oh. And, uh, we did Claudine. I have to listen to that. Yeah. I was catching up on y'all. All but right. I miss Claudine. That's all good. I love that movie. We, with Cinemosity, we try to do, or we don't really try to do, I might as well not say that, themes. Mm-hmm. Like one month we did video game movies. Okay. This month we're um, celebrating Halloween by doing Dracula movies. Oh, nice. And we just did an El Santo and Blue Demon movie. El okay. Santo and Blue Demon versus Dracula and the Wolfman. That was interesting. Wow. <laughs> interesting is code for terrible. It, that that sounds like it, that must be like a foreign film. Am I am I correct? I I know I'm not familiar yeah, he's with a, uh, the Mexican rest. He's a luchador. Like, luchador right? He's a luchador. He's a luchador. Imagine imagine Hulk Hogan times like a million. Yeah. Really, and that's how important he is in Mexico. Like he passed away, I think, in the 80s, mm-hmm. and the statues of him. Um, he's he's a legendary figure in Mexican popular culture. So he made a bunch of movies and he made this really awful one where he fought Dracula. Well, he doesn't really fight anybody. He just sort of, he's in the movie, but he doesn't really do anything. He wrestles. I would imagine he's got to wrestle. Probably some wrestling involved. The the movie begins with wrestling and it ends with wrestling. So it's bookended by wrestling. But in the middle, it's Dracula. Garbage. (laughs) 
It's garbage. <laughs> you are wrong. You are wrong. It was more like a Cephas and Reese. I, I, I was I was going to say Cephas and Reese. I didn't know if we were living color fans okay. in here. Oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I'm 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 from England. Like Sharon had to educate me. Okay. She All right. Me, she gave me a good education, I think. All right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely you know picking up the picking up this this accent. Um, real quick. I, I just want to know, like, how did how did the two of you meet? How did how did uh, this happen? This lovely union. <laughs> we met online through wrestling. Really? Yeah, we both uh, we both wrote for the same pro wrestling website. Yes, wow. I was the first woman to write for it, and, and we started sending each other feedback. Okay. Uh, we just graduated to talking oh, that's to each other. wonderful. So, were you in England yes. at the yes. and you moved England, here? And yes, I was in New Jersey. She said, "Rescue me from from New Jersey." <laughs> I said, how, how does Philly sound? I'll meet you there. <laughs> he was this in is beautiful. She was in Jersey. Yep. We've both got to get out. <laughs> Let's go to Philly. Let's go to Philly. Let's go to Philly. That is a love story. That, right that that's is a, a movie. Story. That's, that's a movie meant to, waiting to be happened. Yeah, we're going on 12 years. Wow. Really? 12 years end of the month. Yep, the 12, 12 years of marriage? Yes. yes. So how long, how long were you together? How long have you been together all together? We... We met online in 2000. We officially met face-to-face in 2001. Okay. I flew to England, and we met face-to-face. Wow. And then three years later, we got engaged, and then got this married. This is beautiful. This is... That is beautiful. This is, this is freaking lovely. That is beautiful. Like, I feel like we should do... We should be doing, like, Paris Blues with Sidney Poitier and <laughs> Diane Carroll instead of JD's Revenge. I know. <laughs> I know. Like y'all had to come back in February. This is yeah. this beautiful. Yeah. Look at you already booking them. Um, yeah. You you know I like love. Mm. I, you know, I I like the, the couples. You know. <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh my god. Um. Well, thank you. Thank you for yes. coming out and um taking the time to do the show you. with us. Thank you. Uh, it, Shame the show's gonna pleasure. be all rapey. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, once we get into JD's revenge, um, but before we get into that, we do have a little bit of feedback that we have to read. And Cox and ghost and rape. This, this is some feedback that will make Vince very, very happy. All right. Uh, we appreciate everyone that follows the show. Absolutely. Emails us at mission at gmail dot com, as well as likes us on Facebook at. Michelle Mission and follow us on Twitter at Mission Michelle. And we always ask for people if they would be so kind as to add a nice little ranking or rating or um, commentary about the show on iTunes because that helps people find us. Yes. And on October 9th, Mark Turner, aka Black Tide, gave us a five star rating. Oh, thanks, Mark. That's that's my anniversary, October 9th. Oh, wow. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Mark gave uh, me an anniversary present. He wrote that it's uh, more than entertainment. All right. Movies are more than entertainment. They are commentaries on what we think and how we feel as individuals or communities across the canvases of time. Snapshots of who we are and where we are or might be. Len and Vince remind us why this is an enduring art form as they analyze, reflect, celebrate, and share films that are at the forefront of our memories or forgotten tales from yesteryear. True film lovers should embrace this show. My only regret that it isn't on every night. Wow. Wow, Mark. Wow, thanks, Mark. That was very nice. That was that was special. Yeah, that was. Well, we, we will do our best. Thank you. That was really. Yeah. That was oh, lovely. It was, wasn't it? That was, that really was nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, Mark. Makes you feel good. I wish mm-hmm. people re- re- reviewed all podcasts. I don't go to iTunes, so I don't know. <laughs> I bet there are. Because you've been doing the, the, the podcast for a little bit. So I bet you've got more than a few little yes. commentaries on there. You got to check oh. them out every once in a while. <laughs> it's not usually I've found that on iTunes people are not giving you a, a whole lot of crap. Oh no, okay. No, it's YouTube. You get oh, crap, yeah. right? YouTube, you get the Nazis and the twelve-year-olds. Yeah, but on iTunes, people they generally and the twelve-year-old Nazis. They're only going to leave a, a, a commentary if they if they like you. 
So there you go. So there you go. So thank you, Bark. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, wow, we spent so much time talking about these two. Yeah, we, we, we're adorable. We just, I, you are absolutely. You are. Absolutely. I swear. I swear you are, man. You're just like a couple of trolls sitting over there. Um, it's it's time for us to get into our review of 1976. JD. I was a good-looking woman, but something awful is going to happen. There's big trouble coming. It's JD's revenge. Listen, man, ain't nothing wrong with my soul. There was a real mean killing, and the wrong guy died. They buried his body, but his soul survived for JD's revenge. Lately, I've been getting these headaches, you know? I've never felt this lost before in my life. You beat me up. Ike, you, uh... I don't remember doing any of those things. Maybe something is happening to me. The reincarnation of a killer who came back from the dead to possess a man's soul, make love to his woman, and get the vengeance he craved. I'm flipping out. He's my baby sister, Betty Joe. You my baby sister, Betty Joe. They are my enemies. They're my enemies. There's one weird nigga. I mean, I'm cracking up, man. I blacked out. Glenn Terman, the star of Cooley High. What in the world have you done to yourself? I ain't seen a get up like that in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Joan Pringle. Well, my business is with Theotis. Lou Gossett. There is no danger, Theotis. This nigga's crazy. I'm the craziest nigga you ever gonna meet. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't himself. Don't nobody talk to me like that. He turned into this, into this monster, a whole other person. Scared of your dad. There is something wrong with Ike. Tonight he kept saying he was this J.D. Walker. J.D. Walker's been dead for over 30 years. He's J.D. Walker. What the hell do you mean J.D. Walker is back? This boy is possessed by the spirit of J.D. Walker. Oh, you're a jack-legged preacher now, huh, Liza? <laughs> J.D.'s voice. Hey, that good for nothing, brother, y'all. And his manner? I got skull to settle with him. You were possessed. Notice killed Betty Joe. <laughs> Forty years later, on someone else's face, you can see J.D. Walker's hatred. Time just won't erase J.D.'s revenge. I'll have my revenge. We're reviewing J.D.'s revenge. J.D.'s revenge from 1976, at, um, starring Glenn Turman. Yes. Um, Little tiny Glenn Turman. And <laughs> how about that? And uh, Lou, Louis Gossett Jr., Joan Pringle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a a. A cavalcade of stars in 1976, American Internationals, J.D.'s Revenge. Somebody's got to have American Internationals catalog so they can put some of these things out on Blu-ray. Hmm. Lit commentary. Well, yes. you, you ran down the, 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 a bit of the cast there, and it's safe to say that the ca- the, the, this movie did not deserve this cast. Let's <laughs> go off the bat. Like the, okay. The, the very concept of this movie does not really deserve the the. The, the the caliber of, of performer. Well, let's not get ahead because we got to ask you, why did you choose this film? Um, it was better than Doctor Blackenstein. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, was, sorry, that wasn't Doctor. It was just Blackenstein. Yes, it was. That's the no. way he would say it in the trip. Well, well, he never actually completed his dissertation yeah. so he's abd so you know it's, it's very awkward you call him dr blackenstein he says well technically i'm abd i didn't complete my dissertation nor did i defend it so i'm not a doctor so it gets real weird yeah well like i mentioned sharon was trying to give me a bit of an education and um <laughs> one of the movies oh, she did this to you yeah well, no, well, 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 well one of the movies she showed me was coolie high and loved that movie of course. And, um, the so, movie that made Glenn Terman. Absolutely. Yes. And when I saw Glenn Terman's name show up for this, and I saw the trailer, which is wonderful, um, <laughs> and I saw like Lou Gossett Jr. was in it as well, and I was like, oh, like we got to check this one out. And um, I don't know. It's, like I said, uh, I, the concept and stuff, I don't think maybe doesn't deserve this great cast, but <laughs> in, in sort of like, f- in the end, we get all these just superb performances i think i mean i think glenn turman i mean he he started on the stage and he, he he actually said that he tried to kind of apply the sort of the method acting that he'd learned oh, from the that stage really to this movie <laughs> well, I, mm. I, I don't know about him maybe but um like he he does like a pretty spectacular job like i think in, in like the places where he's really got to like 
like showed like the emotional turmoil he's going through and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's on a level that you didn't don't get in a lot of movies from this era. Very true. And, yeah. and I think it's it it's probably helps that this came right on the heels of him doing um Coolie High. Coolie High. is like his next movie. And um it's just and then it's just a fun movie. Like um it's 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 got some really memorable lines, you know, the the boss talker <laughs> the water walker. Like and it like I think he kind of like like uh, Glenn Turman kind of um, kind of disowned the movie for a while because he felt it wasn't because yeah, it was it was a black exploitation film. But I think he's he's kind of accepted it's a cult favorite and yeah. a lot of people do right. find it find it memorable. Uh, just reading from uh, IMDb, uh, JD's Revenge, a docile a docile black law student is possessed by a 1940s mobster in mid 70s New Orleans. The mobster seeks revenge upon the people who killed him and his sister. Directed by Arthur Marks and written by Jason Starks. Um, Marks and Starks. Marks and Starks. And point of clarification, this is our second Arthur Marks film. He directed The Monkey Hustle. Yes, he did. He did direct The Monkey yes, he Hustle. Did. And the Monkey Hustle was from 1970. 70, I think. I, I looked. It's, I think it's maybe a year after this. Year so after So like that. 77. 70. So he obviously... Uh, um, just used all his bag of tricks on JD's revenge <laughs> and had nothing left in his quiver for the monkey hustle. Also, I believe, let me make sure, yeah, Detroit 9000 and Friday Foster. Like, he's actually one of them dudes. Yes. From this moment. Who like, shot his like entire he's a load. Wal- he's a Walter Hill level black, I mean, not black exploitation, but 70s yes. kind of, you know, grindhouse. Guy. And Friday Foster, what year was Friday Foster? Friday Foster, because I think Friday Foster might be, if that's not the first. 73, I think? Yeah. 75. 75. And, then, and, and I feel like that might be, is that Pam Greer's first starring role? Or it's it's one of the early. one of her early. Yeah, that's, that's early Pam Greer. And, and Detroit 9000. That's Detroit when? 9000 is 1973. 1973. So again, like I said, he shot his load. After JD's revenge, and all, all those movies are American International, right? Um, they I'm, probably are. If if they're not American, they're in-house. Right, they're, right, right, in, right. In-house directors. Um, so back to JD's revenge. It, it's interesting. Well, well, Sharon, what are your thoughts on on JD's revenge? Um. Well, you know what? I tell myself sometimes when I'm watching black exploitation films that they are a postcard of the times because sometimes it's the way they talk, it's the attitudes they have. And in this one, the attitude that every now and then you have to go upside her head to yeah. show that you don't take no shit. Women love that. And it's like, yeah. uh, no, but okay, maybe in the 70s, that's how you felt. But it's, it's, I guess the, the word is um, it's not politically correct anymore to say stuff like that. But it was a product of its time. And that's about the only thing. The, the rape scenes were, and, and like you said, it was like, oh, oh, he was possessed. It wasn't him. Well, the, th- the thing, that, the thing yeah. that it makes it like real problematic is not so much the rape scene. It's exactly what you said. The rape scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. They are, there right. are multiple scenes of this violence being enacted out on women. And especially troubling is that after you have one of the more the more graphic scenes of violence for the woman, the woman is shown going back to the dude. Right. For no reason. For no right. Reason. It's right. not like dude I didn't sweep her off her feet. Right. She just she just oh, I still have a key. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I she was going back to get her stuff. Exactly. It's it's a, I mean and and you know, even at this moment, I'm thinking this this is a strange. This this has some really strange messages. But the thing is, is that at this moment, because um, I think that this is one of those times where I would have loved to be in the movie theater at the time, mm-hmm. because you know the reason why it 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 gets over is because patriarchy is in full bloom. It's in, it's it's patriarchy is robust in the seventies. You know what I mean? But I and I would imagine that to a certain level, there are women in the theaters watching these movies and watching these scenes that are, you know, 
kind of like a part of them has got the patriarchy already kind of like baked in mm -hmm. and it, they're kind of like used to it but in the 70s and especially by now because this is 1976 this is not early 1973 right, right. this is 76 this is after Pam Greer star has risen right. this is after Cleopatra Jones you know what I mean this I'm I will be curious if women sitting in in the theaters watching this now I would imagine there's more than a few unfortunately their voices are, weren't being heard at the time that are like mm, 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 she should mm, kill mm. him yeah yeah, I, 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 it would really be, I would really be interested to, to jump in a time machine and go back and see this at that well, time. The, 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 the first of the, the first of those two scenes is, is especially uncomfortable because it's one of the, because, because essentially like, um, Glenn's character, um, Isaac gets put in, gets put under in, 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 uh, he, he becomes hypnotized yeah. and when he comes out of the hypnosis, somehow JD has somehow his soul has gotten a hold of him. I'm glad you said and somehow because it's never yeah, explained. It's, uh, he was he was hypnotized. Never explained at all. Yeah, it was a little bit like Star Wars. Right, 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 right. Oh, y'all got to get this mic thing together. <laughs> Act like y'all know each other. <laughs> but um, the the what? So so it's so that first scene is one of the first times we really see the JD's influence is really starting to take over, mm -hmm. and it's got this horrible. It's got like it's. I found it the more uncomfortable of the two scenes just because, I mean, the second one is just overtly violent. Right. But the second one has this weird, like, is it consensual? Is it not consensual? Yes. Because, yes. Because, yes. because he stops. Yes. And she tells him, she, she hits him for stopping. And she's yes. like, why did you stop? And it's like, this started off as one thing and then yeah. she kind of like and it's like, that's not yeah. really And clearly happened. it's like, a control thing yeah, and when like, he right. stops. Yeah, and it's like... Yeah, it's, yeah, it makes it extra creepy. Yeah, that's like, that. I, I completely agree. So that 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 scene was the more disturbing scene mm -hmm. because yeah. you, you you're right. It is sort of vacillating between JD and Isaac as they're having sex, mm -hmm. and right. it is it is it is a very uncomfortable scene. And then especially when they 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 put in like J like the old JD having sex, and he just looks like he's just like drilling a hole in the pavement that's how um, that's that was the look on his face it's just like Ugh. And it was just, hurt like, like it was just like it was like, like, like he was it, but more seriously he's got a look on his face like he's doing something violent right mm -hmm. like yeah. it's right I, I have to say you, you know I my experience with this film is um you know, just that sort of trip to blockbuster and you get the black exploitation sure. movies and you know and you see like clips pop up from this film every now and usually it's either the scene where, you know, right after he gets his hair processed or, you know, yes. one of the scenes where he gets one of these old ridiculous suits. <laughs> but I think what struck me about the film this time is the restraint that the film shows. Like when you hear about J.D.'s Revenge, when you look at the trailer, you think it's an hour and 45 minutes of Glenn Turman in a ridiculous suit talking, you know, right, about being right. the street walker and this talker and this that. But it's like it's an hour into the film before he goes full JD. Yeah. So it's almost it's this it's like this uh, it's almost a horror movie. Like like I, when when you said oh we want to see this for our film and I was like well you know I, well I know it's a ghost and he gets possessed so I guess kind of but it is very atmospheric. It is very kind of right. offsetting for an hour and then you know he goes full pimp and it's, it's not unlike the exorcist where they completely set up reagan as oh she's just a normal 12 year old girl and oh she's just playing around with the ouija board and then right halfway through the movie is when she gets fully possessed and it's like oh my god that poor child yeah yeah and that's that's how i felt about this movie this movie really made you feel for um Elijah Bliss, who was played by Louis Gossett Jr., because he really had no clue what was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really believed in what he was doing. It was that evil Theotis. Yes, and, yes. And, and, th and that's very true because I had to be honest, they, they got me with the playing of, like, doling out the story in drips and drabs throughout right. the movie. Because as it plays off in the beginning, you know, you know that it's not, Elijah that kills them mm -hmm. but you still are left to think that he's complicit in it right right and you Absolutely. don't and, and thus when you see Lou, Lou Gossett who first of all let me, 
Side note. Side note. For those who only know Lou Gossett as an older gentleman in a lot right. of the films that he's been in over the last 20 years. Oh, and he going maybe like him into the 90s, some of yeah. the action stuff you did in the 90s. Exactly. I mean, Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, yeah like, like the old wise and black guy. You see Louis Gossett in this movie at the height of his powers. Yep. That is a charismatic black man. And the funny thing, you're talking about seeing him as an older man. You understand he's 40 years old in this film. Yeah. I know. He's like 50 or, 50 or 60. In, I mean, yeah. I think he's one of these dudes, like, they talk about black don't crack. <laughs> that, like, he, I think he's, he's a dude who's been old quietly yep. your entire life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but he, he is, I mean, like, the man has an Afro wig. He's the only the person Afro I know wig. that, that kind of pull pulls it off. Afro right, wig. right, right, right. I'm like, did he grow hair for this? Part? Yeah. <laughs> because he, he looks good in that wig with the sideburns and everything. And he is pulling off that wig. I mean, the, that's sorry, sorry. But, um, the, that's that, that's part of like when I was watching the movie, and I was I was like, wait, how old is he when he made this? And I looked, and I was like. I actually buy that it's the same guy from like from, you do from the forties, yeah, and it's because he just looks so damn good. But because <laughs> you're because you're left to think that he's he was complicit from the beginning, right. when you th- when he then turns up back in the movie and he's this preacher, you're thinking, oh, now you done found Jesus, yeah. right, right. And you well, you're still not on his side. No. That's that, that that's that's JD's reaction when he sees him. Exactly. Yeah. Black leg preacher now. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. It, but it, again, for this to be black exploitation, I would me myself. Yes. Does it fall under that category? I guess perhaps. Yeah. But I honestly think watching this outside of you know when he goes full JD. Full JD. He goes full right. JD. Outside of when he goes there. I really don't see this as black exploitation. I see this as a eerie, yeah, oh, psychological yeah. black horror. Film, yeah, it right? it is surprisingly restrained. Yeah, and it's yeah. surprisingly original and nuanced in its storytelling and in the story that it was. It was not usually in a, in a story like this. JD would have been looking for revenge for the death of his lady. Right. right. This is his sister. Right, and well, what's interesting is 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 uh, Glenn Turman himself said he, when he first read the script, he saw it as a, as a Jack Doctor Jackal Mister Hyde story. Mm. Oh, he, he okay. Never, he 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 wasn't even thinking about black exploitation, and I think it was almost more just because the time when it came out, and the fact that American International put it exactly. out, that it, it got put in there, and which is why he was he kind of distanced himself for a while until he kind of, I think he got reevaluated later on. Right, when he saw right. Kind of made still his piece. Liked it, but yeah, it's. It's a lot about the in, this internal struggle that this guy is going through. He doesn't understand. It's it's and 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 the fact that we have an actor of Glenn Turman's ca- caliber doing that rather than it being like Fred Williamson. Like for, like, like like that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. the, I was gonna say Thomas Rosella. Ooh, I, I like Thomas oh, School Breeze. Yeah. <laughs> and um and uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it, but. <laughs> they have each just touched their their nerve their nerve core. The the nerd nerve has been pinched on each and every one of these three. I I may need to leave the room. The respect of Thomas Rosella links us all. Well, he and he he England and and he England Turner in uh, 1973's Five on the Black Hand Side, which is a which is is, is on our short list of things that yes. we're doing sooner than later. Great, yes. I'm so, actually. Very actively looking for a copy of it, and and interesting enough, that's another movie that even though it came out in the black exploitation era, is not a black exploitation movie. It's a it's a dr- family comedy drama. Well, it stars Michelle Mission, um, fa- favorite Leonard Jackson. There you go, yes. Marcus, you are a devil. <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way to do that every episode. Every episode, every episode we got to figure out a way to bring up Leonard Jackson so I can go, Marcus, you are a devil. Um, who was Joan Pringle's ex-husband in this? The the cop. The, the, he was a model. Uh, oh yeah, he's that guy. Like I'm 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 eighty percent sure he was in like the cool cigarette commercials that would guess? be being like the big ebony. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I forget what his name was. I can because yeah, this movie has a lot of characters too. Oh yeah. And and 
and what's what's interesting is that we talked about how like how uh, uh, Elijah Bliss is sort of we think he's complicit. The thing is, it's like even JD as because even if you if you watch the original trailer, the, like they say that JD is the baddest gangster around, mm-hmm. and that's a lie because he's just basically a, like a local hood. Like he's just a he he he, he was like yeah he was just like he he was like he was running some numbers and yeah, stuff numbers and that's about all he did oh no he also did black market meat yes oh, during yes. the war yes, he did. which i thought was oddly specific yes well but, i mean you know but but it's it, you gotta but, find your niche yeah apparently <laughs> everyone wants meat yeah everybody <laughs> but it was interesting that really like, surprised jd didn't say that at some point that seemed like something <laughs> you know i'm jd walker the meat hawker <laughs> you know because everybody wants some of jd's meat i'm really surprised that didn't come up in this they film yeah, because you get the heat on the ha ha, like that kind of Denzelish laugh. Yeah, did the- people that own the American International Film Stock, give us a call. Yes, I'm you said he reminded but, you of Denzel. Yeah, there, 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 there was a couple. There, there was a couple of moments that uh, maybe that it's just something that they just kind of shared, like especially when he's really talking pre- about Glenn Turman. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially when he's really like, like because tw- I mean the last third of the movie when he goes full on JD is that I mean he's playing to the back of the room. He just I mean and I, I'm like Glenn you can't tell me you weren't having fun doing this like yeah. he kind of talks like uh, he wasn't so sure about doing those things like dude uh, look at the rape the rape scenes obviously I understand those are really difficult for everybody involved but like when you're in that in that club with the with the suit you having a great oh, time my. strutting around Oh, that conk wig. That yeah. conk wig. Conk wig. He got to conk. He oh got to conk. God. Oh my god. The conk that apparently he got in the bathroom. Yes. In the yes. five minutes. I was like, that when Joe Primo came in and left. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- there's no conk in the world <laughs> that goes that wavy that fast. Yeah. I mean, right. No, it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, Glenn Turman is he's 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 having a ball. Like he's. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jaquiz Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Dancing around, you know, with the switchblade. Uh, oh, my God. Well, not even a switchblade. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a straight a, razor. It's a straight razor. Straight razor, that's right. Yeah, the most menacing straight <laughs> razor on, on earth. I actually put in my notes, his straight razor is magical. It, well, it must be because it stops people in their tracks. Yes. It stops, like, three people coming at him. He's like, hey, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> you know what it doesn't stop? In 1946 or 1976, a gun. <laughs> I'm like, what is JD just gonna get? Like, the, exactly. Like, doesn't he know straight razor versus gun? Really? Gun keeps winning. Yes, yes. You do I, not bring barber barber implements to a, a gunfight. Well, to be fair, that Theotis at first had a knife. Yes. Or switchblade. That he. No, he he had a razor because he he's razor. clearly. Well, because the thing is, JD is is for lack of a better word, stitched up. Yes. Like he's, I mean, it's he's. It's an English term. What does that mean? It's an English term. term. He means yeah. he was, you know. He was set up. He was set up. Oh. Sorry, okay. I was getting a little English there. <laughs> no, that's but, fine. I but, like um, but yeah, he. I, I almost like to. Like the way he moves, especially later in the movie when he fights a guy with a razor and just does a number on him, it's like. I almost like to think that it was some sort of like lost martial art that he was a master of. Like, <laughs> right. Like, because the way he. He was just like, because the guy would lunge on him and he'd, he'd just go, wow. And this guy would just yeah. have just blood pouring off him all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he was just completely unscathed. His little wiry Glenn Turman was able to just like kind of just that guy, yeah, that guy was get like around twice him. the size of Glenn Turman. Yeah, Cheryl's he husband. Was like a football player. He probably yeah. was a football player. I know he was a stuntman. We've seen him in a lot of other stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
the the only thing again this is it's interesting the way that they set this up because in the beginning of when you because the beginning of the uh, film starts back in 1940s when you see the death of jb and, and his sister and everything like that and and you're only really introduced into jd walking into that scene yeah. and right. you can see immediately that he has a scar which is a sign that he's at least been through something. You don't right. know what. Right. He's his brother that's been through something. Right, right. And you should see the other guy, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> right. But you're if he's still around. You're yeah. still left to believe that just like you're left to believe that Lewis Gossett is complicit in the murder. Right. You're left to believe that J D for maybe more or less a cool dude that you know right. stumbled right. into the yeah. wrong place. Yeah. So that when J D starts taking over Ike's body and you're figuring, oh man, he's, he's he's coming back, you know, now for revenge, you know. He's like, yeah, I want revenge, but first, right, <laughs> I'm also not a nice person, right? No, I'm not at all. I got a little bit of something I need to take right. care of. Can I just say, you know, we're name checking and cross referencing. I know Joanne Pringle from The White Shadow. Yes. Yes. So I just see her in The White Shadow, and she's the principal, and she's. Yeah. Her, I was uncomfortable with sexy Joan Pringle. <laughs> like, just me. But that's just because I know her as the principal in the white shadow. She kept her clothes on. Yeah, and she was, she was real sexy in this. And I was like, it's like seeing your your mom or your aunt or yep. like, like or t- well, or t- your principal. It's like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why is she so sexy? I need so I just need to get I I, need, I had in my notes I'm, I, my notes actually said I am uncomfortable with sexy Joan Pringle <laughs> so I just needed to get that on tape and we should say that I believe the whole principal cast are still alive so uh, whoever owns American International you could do a Blu-ray and do a commentary with all these people it'd be interesting to get that yeah, commentary that would be great I would he- love to hear Joan's and take on those scenes it must have yeah. been interesting at the time going from watching Cooley Hyde and then watching this yeah and like and even oh, like he stretchy. well well, the, the, well the, the thing is like you see, you, you, I mean, you see Glenn, I mean Glenn Turman's like like this, the character he plays in in uh, in Cooley High and then Preacher yeah. yeah and then and then he's this incredible and then he starts off as this incredibly uptight dude who everyone is telling to calm like to chill out and relax for like like it almost feels he's like studying law it's hard he's almost it's he's so repressed. It's it's vaguely incredible, Hulkish almost. Like how, yeah, yeah. Like he's 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 always keeping everything back. Like like when they when he's convinced to go out, he looks so incredibly uncomfortable yeah. going out. Mm-hmm. Like he's socially awkward. Like he's very like he moves very stiff. He he rarely smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's it's especially when the swagger for JD starts to come out. Like it's you really you, you really see that contrast. Like um the. The, the taxi sequence when he's got the old the, the old white lady in the back of the cab that was a strange that's that a very strange <laughs> turn in that um, I kept trying to see where this was going yeah and 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 the strange just doesn't end because then they pull up at the dock and then he does this really strange mighty python type of walk right. out of the and he, he pulls her out hard. the cab like, he's and I'm thinking hard. well now I guess he's going to steal no he's just going to take the money out the purse and throw it on the ground it wasn't enough. To it was like, it. I ain't even buying this. isn't even worth me stealing. Apparently, it's just two minutes of torturing an old white lady. So, And, and how is it his boss didn't realize who was driving that cab? Because he brought it back with a broken well, window. Well, oh, right. Well, <laughs> well, you know what? You're a cab driver in 1976 in New Orleans. I think a few of them come back periodically with <laughs> broken window. Like, that part rang true to me. Yes. He said, I have 30 black guys working for me, and I can't tell them apart. I said, okay, this rings true. Yeah. This is this is like something out of the wire. I Arthur said, Marks did research. What was interesting was, like, is everything in New Orleans a strip club? Because yeah. they went, and the women are topless, and I'm like, yeah. as a woman, I, a I go, night honey. out I on just, the town. I just thought it was just the 70s. Like, in the 70s, you go places, it's topless ladies dancing that's just how it went down for beads, though, <laughs> we're taking the ladies out we're going to the bar right yeah and, yeah, and then we're gonna go to a mag- a hypnosis show and then we're gonna go to the disco yeah i was like this is the longest anniversary <laughs> celebration i've ever seen in my life and the women were enjoying it and pointing at the women and i'm yeah. like i could never do that <laughs> <laughs> at least not in public 
Wow, well, the other. Doesn't that kind of play back into the the, the, the politics that we yes. were talking about earlier? Yeah, like, oh yeah, the absolutely. Women are so because 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 like um, one of the most because one of the uh, after you know the 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 sex scenes one of the scenes that really bugged me the most was after the first time when Isaac starts losing control and he and he kind of roughs he roughs her up and and she ends up leaving and the next day his friends like she came over she was so upset and he's like but you know what good for you good <laughs> right for you because you have to do that because every, every now and because I just thought you were kind of a wuss but like you know you you've you've, you've got to smack him around you know every you've got to treat him and bad and then ask him how. Had he done that? Because I'd love to ask his girlfriend. Well, has he done that? Well, if you did ask her, that would be one of the three lines that she had in the whole movie. Because I noticed she didn't talk. She did not talk. So I was, you know, at the end, I kept waiting for somebody to kind of slip her a card and say, you know, this is a safe space you can call. (laughs) And what was he? Was he a, a intern? Or I, he worked at a hospital. Then he had the hip psychiatrist. I mean, through my e- e- extensive research of watching ER, I believe he was a, a young doctor because he had the short coat. Oh, okay. So he was like an intern, or right, right, right. He told me he needs to meditate or smoke Do- some weed. Doctor Carl, who said, <laughs> "You just need to stop the." the- don't um Relax. don't study so much and smoke some weed. That was his that was his advice. Yeah, that was medicinal marijuana I, back I then. Wrote like, Thanks, Doctor Carl, in my notes. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> and he didn't. Well, this this that's sort of a thing with this movie. There's like, like there's the, the, there's the more Jekyll and Hyde-ish, the more kind of this the stuff where the stu- where where there's sort of shades of gray in the story and there's a little mm. bit of intrigue, and then there's the nasty stuff that just does this. It almost feels tacked on, right? Going over the top, trying right. to play to to the audience, right? Right, and it, yeah. and it, it almost it's, it's 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 like we're talking about. Like, there's such a lot of stuff going on with the characters, like characters we think are bad are good. Like, like, like e- e- even though JD's a terrible person, he's not like a he's not like a mob mob kingpin. He's just a local hood who just who's uh, who has a very specific reason for wanting revenge, and it's just. There's there's a lot going on there, but then they just sort of slap all this kind of well the exploitation yeah. stuff just yeah. gets thrown on top. They brought the daughter out who looks exactly like her mom, and she was ready to make out with him. And I was from like, the door. She sees preacher's kid. Like like like, like you know, because because you kind of like leaned on this in the beginning a little bit. Glenn Turman, phenomenal actor, but he is a pin. He. <laughs> I mean, his head is is like, like, look like a big eraser, and then his body. <laughs> he looks like a Ken doll. No, you're doing no hair. You're doing Ken disservice. But well, I guess because he, he, he's not in bad shape. It's not even like yeah. he's skinny. You know, he's just little. He's, he's just little. He's just little. little. He's little and, and kind of wiry. Yeah. And then he'd always and and he'd wear his pants so high it made him look like his legs were like yeah. three quarters of his body. And he just he was he was he was he's not he's not a conventional you know, looking. He once he was once married to Aretha Franklin. Yes. And and it, back it, in the 70s, I, there there's you know I don't have any documentation, but there you know there were always rumors about. They had a stormy relationship, and but you know, I can see that. Yeah, he wasn't the type of guy that I would look at and go, "Ooh, I want to talk to you." I'm not going to swoon. You're not going to swoon over Glenn. Cheryl was swooning. And, I was. I said, Cheryl, how many drinks have you had? For real. Because she was just laughing at everything. Cheryl had never. Cheryl had never seen nothing like this before. But that was after he walked past the older woman. The older who said <laughs> she hadn't seen somebody in a suit like that since the '40s, and I was like, "Oh, so." Which way is this going? <laughs> and didn't she invite him to do something? She did. I was like, well, all right. She's like, I got something to do right now. This is yeah. oddly progressive. <laughs> and then he sees Cheryl Then he sees Cheryl. With her, her rust-colored afro. Yes. So damn cool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. I don't know. What, uh, I should have asked you what the language policies were in this show because. <laughs> She does have one of she has one of the best lines, but it's I don't know if it's repeatable on this show. Well, I it's, will bleep it. He'll okay. bleep it. Okay, yeah. It was Lynn's a bleeper. And then and then her husband comes home. Yes. Oh, my whole man's home. It's like, oh my she, god. He said, Well, you better talk to him. I said, What is happening in this movie? Yeah, because by then he he's he's in full J D mode. Yeah. He's, he's like, gone full J D. And the thing is, like, if if 
if if the daughter had, s- had seen him for the first time when he was following JD, it would be one thing because yeah. he has that weird roguish charm. But the first time she sees him, he's still awkward. Is- Isaiah who's really not sure what's going he's on. Staring at Elijah like. Yeah. And and, yeah. and 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 she sees him then, and she's like, oh. Ooh, hey. And she and then yeah. House. And then there's the next, but then when he goes back and he, the JD son to kick in, that's when she actually goes and talks to him. But she was already eyeing him, so she she went out with him and she brought him back to her house and she put on a robe. Yes, I was like, well, damn. I guess you don't. Okay, I guess you it was 1976. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Things didn't really happen like that to women. <laughs> it was 1970. Free love. It was a different time. Yes, it's a different time. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, and I said, I guess, come to think of it, he couldn't touch her because she looked just like his sister. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was. was like, no, that's no. when it got really weird. And yeah. was she was weird. actually his niece. Yes. Yeah. And so you know, and that was, and that was part. That was one of the parts. It's like, wait, what's happening now? Like, all of those parts that are, were usually the ones that involved nudity or some sort of like sexual violence or something. Those are all the parts where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Right. Theotis's boys hemmed him up at the uh, church. Yes. And then he, he, you know, he goes all Joker on them. Yes. And and, like, and then they just keep him in the mud <laughs> because he still only weighs ninety pounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they, 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 they just come over like, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah. We just. <laughs> we uh, right. And he, and he hasn't pulled out his magic straight razor. No. No. And then, and then. Uh, Joan Pringle comes home again. Right. Yeah. He's followed her on the bus, and she won't talk to him, but then she comes home. She's thought about it. And then she goes out for groceries, because that was nice of her, because he didn't have anything in the house. And then he attacked. Okay, this was the thing, was she came home. She, I swore she left that back door open. Right. And then he attacks her, basically, and she runs into the bathroom. Yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, your shower is right in front of the window. You can't open that window and get out? Right. Yeah, why why was, would you go in the bathroom? She was why confused. was the shower right in front of the window? She why was, was confused. The shower in front of the window with no curtain at it's all. It's a ventilation. You need the ventilation. It's yeah. all ventilation. This all makes and sense. If your neighbors you. walk by, hey, <laughs> they get a free show. I, 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 I love the fact that it was in New Orleans. There was not one mention of voodoo. No. Or hoodoo. No. It was in New Orleans in name only. In name only. And, you know, as we've, we've said, there was never any. And I love it. Like, there's actually a whole exchange at the end where the three the three uh, cast members have a conversation about well why did you get possessed and it came down to mm, sometimes it happens people just get possessed <laughs> you mean i could be walking down the street and get possessed by this demon that's I'm exactly like, right he wasn't a demon right he was a person but he says that's exactly right and he says so you mean that this might not be over nope nope it could happen again and not for nothing Everyone was very accepting oh, of this. Policeman? The captain said, what did you say, J.D.? Oh, well, clearly what's happened is he's been possessed by <laughs> oh, this you dead. you said that in the first place. <laughs> right. Here, let me get the file. And, and where did her, hus- her ex-husband go? He just disappeared somewhere. Well, you know. <laughs> it was well, just that he, policeman. Because he well, would have called bull crap on that possession thing. He was like, oh, no, he's a jerk. But I have the file. Yeah. <laughs> the thing was, like... He he also felt tacked on because really Very when you much. look when you look at it this movie doesn't really have a hero. Yeah, no, because, true. Because because everyone has been because because you know like even though it turns out that the the Theoda system is is the villain is the real villain of the movie, like your two other your two other main players who are at that point are JD and Elijah are bad too. Elijah we 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 find out has has some reformed himself and is actually. Wasn't he, he a boxer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah, a boxer. He, yeah. And he's but he he's not just it turns out he's not just like some hack preacher. He he's actually As he, the Theotis told him you're he's, you're he's your become he's right. be, he he he's become a God fearing man. Which I thought but, was an interesting which, choice. I, I, yeah, I yeah. But like yeah, there was I, I almost felt like they put the cop in there because there was no real good guy. Because even Isaac's friend was just was a jerk who talked about you have to you have yeah, to beat your girl up once every now and again course correction so, yeah but yeah. I, I guess the cop is put in there to kind of like play like the hero role but in a way they're really like in ultimately like you say there there is no hero which is why he essentially is written out at the end because right. now you've got him um you really only have 
him to play that that hero role then you get the bit pretty much just the exposition at the police station with the older cop because it has to be an older cop that remembers right 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 and after that point you really only need that cop right you know especially again because the whole thing gets wrapped up at the end by every single person pretty much accepting that well, he was possessed by JD, but now JD is gone. So now we can go back to joking about, you know, why do oh, you eat? You're skinny, but you eat so much. And now, we, you know, now the credits are rolling. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I half expected the, the movie to actually end on a freeze frame of them. Like, yes. Like, like jumping up. Like, right. yes, let's go to Denny's. Ah! Right. Like freeze frame and then just credits. Right. It's like, Joan, you, you know, it's like the rape and the beatings are the eggs. That yes. you needed to make this omelet. Now, you know. I almost feel that, like, considering they were already kind of obviously trying to spice this thing up a little bit more to make it more in 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 keeping with what was, it was what, wasn't it the, the films of the time. The films yeah. of the time. Why didn't they just do an exorcism scene? Like, right. uh, like Elijah should have, should have done some sort of crazy exorcism on him at the end. Well, by and, this time... Yeah. It's By actually, this time, you've that's already a good had question, the exorcist. Because you have all the pieces there. Yeah. And you've already had Abby the Black Exorcist, which was pulled from the theaters because of, you know, trying to ride off of the exorcist theme. So maybe they don't want to go there. Mm. That's possible, but... And also, I like that, even though... It, the fact that they don't explain the possession <laughs> at all sure, is sure. is very troublesome and just bad storytelling. Even though you have to admire their audacity to just say <laughs> it happens, and and, <laughs> and they connected to hypnotism, which in the seventies, as you'll remember, hypnotism like hypnotism was a part of a bunch of plots. Yep. So that yeah. all types of things happen when you get hypnotized. Right. Turian candidate. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but you know they they tie it to the hypnotism but the hypnotism never comes back into play but nevertheless <laughs> right. the hypnotist we never see her again never no, see course, her again of course not of course not one of the like three white people in this movie yep. um i forget where i was going <laughs> you like the end you you were the talking ex- about the yeah, end well, the exorcism well, oh, but i liked that i liked the fact that you know despite not explaining the 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 whole possession i like that they didn't touch on religion because religion is a trope mm, that a right. lot of horror films, especially uh, at this time, sure. lean heavy on. Yeah, you know, with um, even if not in um, mentioning it in some of their imagery and stuff like that, you could have saw like crucifixion imagery and all that type of stuff. I mean, you certainly saw enough blood, right? But it, it wasn't used in that way, and I, I actually kind of like that. I. I and, you know, to piggyback on it, 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 it's actually kind of a fresh approach to it. I think, you know, even when you were talking about The Exorcist just now, I mean, um, oh, I just forgot her name. The, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan was playing with a Ouija board, which, as we all know, invites in the devil. So you could say, well, you know, that's kind of what she gets. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a lot of that at this moment where people who were affected by these things invited the devil in, yeah. had committed right. some type of crime, yeah. did some type of thing. Yeah. And it almost makes it even more eerie that this was a character, like Ike was actually a good guy, and he just wrong place, wrong time. Like J.D., well, yes, well, but, although JD, yeah, JD was a good guy, right? He just wanted to protect his sister, right? But yeah, it um, the 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 one thing I did like was like it was literally JD got his revenge. He didn't actually, he wasn't directly involved in the revenge. No, he was not. He, he was just, just sitting over there he, dancing, he yeah, doing, doing his, this, this, doing a weird. It was, was a dance. That? He it was. was on the well, it, it, it did. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder if like they almost could have had more like I don't know if, if they maybe pushed the supernatural angle a little, a little harder and having JD actually talking about like where he's been between when he died and when he reappears like almost as if he like because it's almost like he's freed by this like it's mm-hmm. it's like it's he, right, he's right. been he's being compelled to do it and to sort of carry this out and it's and like I mean at this point that there's 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 a, there's there's, a, there's literally a scene where he says I will now have my revenge and and <laughs> yes. and and, it's, and the it almost 
it would have actually been interesting if we'd known a little bit more about yeah like where JD came from like he had even sitting in limbo or something almost like you well, those lyrics you wanted a JD backstory yes perhaps perhaps or just a little bit more explanation a little uh, this, yeah this is just See, I, I feel you on that, but I like that we didn't because that it, makes it all yeah. the more, you know, like, yo, why is he like this, like this, this butthole you know, <laughs> of a ghost? Like, and okay, if yeah. you're back for revenge, why you got to take this sidestep to smash this chick or, right, or right. beat this chick up? Like, right. you know, like all, all sorts of names. Yeah. Like scarily in a taxi cab. Yeah, what, what what is going on here, man? I would think you were coming back. Well, like you should have tunnel vision on right, where right, you're going. Right. Well, Elijah's here. Let me go. Right. 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 Oh, well, the or talk about the splendor of 1976. Look how far sandwich technology has come in 30 years, and you know what is what is this that you have? And so it's called a remote control, and you know, like, well, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, you. Oh, if he had gone to the strip club. Right. He would have been like, oh, my God, these women are actually topless. These women are actually topless. And and to piggyback on what you said about New Orleans, I think this is one of the few New Orleans movies without a Mardi Gras. Right. Without women dancing on the balcony. Right. Music. There wasn't even any real no. music. Right, not really. And again, no voodoo, no Bad witch dance. lady. There's really only the one scene. There is a scene where they, um, they, they're on the street. They look like they're on Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. You know, crossing mm-hmm. uh, yes. like right. yes. going from from one building to another. But other than that, that's really that it. that's really it. Bad seventies dancing. Bad seventies. Well, Yo, Glenn Turman doesn't never need to dance, man. I don't know what that man was doing. I do not know what he I was doing. Mm-mm. Well, see, he was an uptight law student. He wasn't used right. to cutting loose. This is where I thought you were going to go because there was a part of me knowing that this was right after um, Cooley High that where this. Th- Almost could have been the continuing stories of Preacher. Mm. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this could have been like, this. what's Preacher up to? Oh, shucky ducky. <laughs> <laughs> you can almost imagine, like, Glenn, like, like he's, he's looking for the for the script. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to lost it. It's, this makes sense. This, this what? Yo, I'm going to do what? And, it's, and then, yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting how, how it kind of. Like I said, like uh, it, it 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 goes left, and yeah, the ultimately I do feel that the cast is way better than <laughs> the movie than the it? movie deserved. But, <laughs> they 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 do. But, but they, they as but as you, as we said, there's almost no music in the movie. There's there's very few scenes with any amounts of people. Obviously, this is a pretty this is extremely low budget. So they pretty they pretty extremely low to, budget, but the they had to rely on the the cast. The 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 uh, camera trickery that they play in this film is actually kind of pretty cool. At least yeah. with the editing, like the whole mirror thing. Yeah, like the there's one scene well where done. he he breaks the mirror, and JD is instantly in the smaller piece of yeah. the mirror. It was well done. I mean, it's right. all it is is just like visual effects. But, but who yeah. has that many mirrors in their bathroom? It's the seventies. People yeah. were. Really concerned yeah, like with, yeah. It's one that that's the only one way you can get the perfectly round. Afro. That's right. You, you have to look at it from all the different the angles. angles. All the angles, Sharon. You know, don't come at me for my quaff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we almost got a time to shut this down. Would you recommend that people see JD's Revenge? I would. I mean, it's still a, it's a well acted piece of film history. Obviously. Obviously, the the the, ex, the exploitation elements are gonna uh, the that this this movie definitely needs trigger warnings. That's, yeah. that's, that's safe to say, but um, it's it's entertaining. It's 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 memorable. It's it's it gets it's gets really fun and wacky in, in places. And and Glenn Turman is excellent. Luke Gossett Jr. is excellent. The cast is the cast is fantastic. So yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd recommend it. But obviously, yeah, with the those caveats that it's. They they kind of force black exploitation the, the black exploitation kind of feel in, into a uh, what what would have ever been just a pretty neat kind of Jacqueline Hyde kind of possession movie. Very true. Uh, the cast we were going on is Glenn Turman, Louis Gossett Jr., Joan Pringle, Carl Crudup playing Tony, Julian Christopher plays um, James Lewis Watt- Carl. He was, uh, he was Dr. Carl. Yeah, Dr. Carl. He had Fred Pinkard as Theotis, Joanne Meredith as Sarah, um, and uh, David McKnight played the actual JD. 
Um, and then in the role of Captain Turner, a, a character actor that does not get his just due, Earl Billings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everything. A lot of work from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. What's he was on the Parkers, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He, I mean, he's been on. He's everything. been on everything. Oh, yeah. What say you? Vince? I would absolutely recommend it. I, I, you know, again, this is another one of my examples of the type of film that was made during the seventies, where you know, black characters and were allowed to do different things. Oh, you know, I will say this about the rape scenes: um, they are graphic. And they are disturbing, but in in my mind, that's the way a rape scene should be. Like they aren't titillating at all. No, none of that. And so you know, you you actually have to give the film credit for that. Like they make the scenes uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you know, but yeah, I'm a I'm I'm actually more of a fan of this film than I was last week because, like I said, I forgot how restrained it was for so long before you know, as we've been saying this episode, they went full JD. It's an uncomfortable. It's going to be an uncomfortable film for some people, but um, it's it's not a bad film. It's not a bad film at all, and uh, it's worth it to see. Hey, it's worth it to see to get a full appreciation of of Glenn Turman's work to see a young, vital Lou Gossett Jr. Um, in this film, and to remember a uh, Joan Pringle. Uh, that's an actress that, that didn't get her job. There's skill. a trigger warning again. Sexy Joan Pringle might be a little off-putting if you're like me. So I just just understand she real sexy in this, and she looked just like Joan Pringle as Joan Pringle. Right, like she's not young Joan Pringle. This is like I think she left the set and went and taped the pilot for the White Shadow. <laughs> Probably so. Maybe she and right Ken over. Howard had had a romance. On yeah, see? <laughs> see? Uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that imagery. I need her to have that peasant shirt buttoned all the way up to her neck and that like prairie skirt all the way down to her ankle and boots. <laughs> Exasperated with the basketball team. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Michelle Mission. Um, don't forget, you can hear the Michelle Mission on WPPMLP 106.5 FM on your Philadelphia radio dial, as well as streaming online at phillycam.org. Or you can just go to MichelleMission.com, uh, download and listen to the show. Follow us on Facebook at Michelle Mission, like us on Twitter at Mission Michelle, as well as uh, catch the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place a good podcast be, as well as Cinemosity, part of the Nerdy Little Secrets. Woo! Thank you for Network. being here. Thank you. Thank you for yes. inviting us. And uh, nerdylittlesecret.com has all the links that you need for podcast awesomeness. There's a lot of me, so. <laughs> If 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 you can tolerate my voice, if you tolerate my voice this long, hopefully you can tolerate my voice for like three to four hours a week. We don't let him talk that much. <laughs> I talk over him a lot, especially on uh, Cinemosity, where oh, man. where Sharon and and uh, Camille they get it in. They mm. definitely do. It's get a little it bit in. of a battle, but it's <laughs> but it's fun. It's, it's very it's very fun. I and think I'm about to listen to your review of. Uh, I think the one I have queued up is. Yeah, I got two queued up because you're doing the Dracula movies. So I got uh, Dracula from 1979 with Frank Langella. Oh, oh good one. Excellent. Good one. And you all are joining us for the Abbey? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh, we invite each and every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, October 28th, if you're listening to this in time, get to Philadelphia. Hey, it's, what, 10 hours from England? You can be here. <laughs> Friday, October 28th at 9 p.m., where we will do our first live recording of the Michelle Mission uh, as we will review and screen Abby the Black Exorcist. Uh, we're going to be doing that in partnership with Tom Porter and his Don't Touch My Coffin crew, as well as Ashley from the Graveyard Shift Sisters and Girls who will. Who be ghouls? It's going down at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, 2578 Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia. You can find um, information about this on Facebook and on Twitter if you uh, follow the Michelle Mission, as well as on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. 
All right, we got to get out of here. That's Vince. I'm Lynn. She's Sharon. Bye. He's Martin. Take care, everybody. And in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>